Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Danny K. White, author of the Wall Street Journal bestselling book, Decluttering at the Speed of Life. I share cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 305, I think, right? Y'all know I get mixed up. Um, yeah, it's podcast number 305 and I'm talking to Heather and I'm calling it letting yourself celebrate success, even if you aren't finished or something like that. Um, so that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about not stuff shifting, like actually making real legitimate progress, but then also like enjoying it, like enjoying, because there is such value in having made any bit of a win, even before you're finished. There is such value in that and shifting your mindset to be able to celebrate what you have done, even before you are completely finished you know, knowing that some of us are never going to be completely finished, but being able to celebrate that, giving yourself permission will take you far because that is what's going to encourage you to actually keep going where when you feel like it's never enough, then it's harder to motivate yourself to get started. Okay. So, um, but before we do that, I want to make sure you guys know, I know not all of you are writers. I totally get that, but a lot of you are, and a lot of you have different, you know, ambitions and business ambitions and things like that. Um, so I just want to remind you that next Tuesday, October 5th, from 7pm Central to probably 9pm Central, I'm going to do a live webinar, it is going to be recorded. So if you can't come on that day, it is totally worth it to go ahead and get it so that you'll, you know, have access to watch it later. So what I'm going to be doing is you know, sharing my book publishing journey, because I wanted to be a writer. And that's what I'm doing now. But I started out with an anonymous slob blog back in 2009. And so what is it that brought me from that to where I am now? And just generally, how do I make this into a business? Anyway, just because I get questions about this on a regular basis, because I know that the creative driven part of me is very much related to the don't see my home like other people do and maybe don't put as much attention into my home sometimes. Um, there's a relationship there, which means that a lot of you have, you know, some of those interests as well. Anyway, so I'm asked about that a lot. I thought I'm just going to do this and this way it exists for me to share. So um, the reason why you should sign up now instead of later even though you will have, you can, if you're listening to this in, you know, a year, you can go back and, and get the, you know, what I recorded on October 5th, 2021. But if you, um, even if you're like, oh, I can't actually watch it then. But the reason that you want to go ahead now is that for those who um, watch the session, 
I do want you to watch, watch the session. Don't just ask your questions because I'll probably answer a lot of them within the session, the webinar. Um, but for those of you who watch it before the 19th, which is two weeks after that, you can submit questions. So you can ask me very specific questions. And if I feel like answering them, I will. Um, you know, but I mean, like, because I know people have questions. So anyway, I am going to do a live Q&A in a Zoom meeting where you can attend it. And on that, that one will be a meeting, not a webinar. So the meeting, you'll be able, we'll be able to see each other and you'll be able to, you know, then verbally ask questions, you know, after I get through the ones that were submitted ahead of time. So anyway, that's the reason to go ahead and check it out at aslobcomesclean.com slash right, W-R-I-T-E. And um, okay, here we go. Let's talk to Heather. Okay, Heather, thank you so much for coming on and talking to me today. Thank you so much for having me. This is really fun. So let's talk about you first. Tell me what what's your unique life situation? Well, I was incredibly grateful to find you partway through last year because I found you in July. My nephew moved in taking our one spare bedroom in June. And then my mother-in-law was widowed at the end of June. I'm so sorry. And she, thank you. She and her dog moved in in September. Okay. That meant that she broke her hip in September as well. Oh no. And in August, we discovered a massive master bathroom issue and had to have a complete emergency remodel. Oh, wow. So my situation is that starting in mid-July, I knew that I was going to have to move stuff around, and but I didn't know quite what the deadline was going to be. But my husband and I were going to have to move from the downstairs master bedroom to the upstairs bedroom, which was occupied by my nephew, who was going to have to move into the craft room, which needed to be emptied. Oh, wow. And I'm one of your people. (laughs) So maybe you can imagine what my craft room looked like. I think we can imagine. Yeah, we'll we'll take guesses. (laughs) And unbeknownst to me, my garage also was going to need to be a priority. And I'm so glad that I followed your method and started it because having a complete bathroom remodel takes an awful lot of space in the garage. It does. Remodeling is kind of the worst. I mean, the results are great, but I mean, having to move everything out of a space is so incredibly stressful. Yes. I had 18 sheets of drywall against pantry shelves. Wow. And I was so grateful that I had been using your method because when I needed something that I couldn't see and couldn't reach, I asked somebody to grab it for me blindly and they were able to. Oh, wow. That's great. Okay. So basically, are you saying that every room in your house is basically being used to its fullest and then the crafts that you used to have in the craft room and their own nice little space are now displaced. Is that right? They are now in the living space downstairs. Okay. They are in the dining room and the living room. And I've really thought about this and how to phrase it right. Because my house, 
I know that decluttering is not a project and you're never quite done, but in my head, it honestly feels like I might be 90, 95% of the way there, Okay. but none of the empty spaces I have are where I need them. Okay. Let's, we're going to get to that. Let's talk about some of the things that are working well for you. What are some ways that things that you have applied in your home that you've seen the benefits from? It started off with the container concept. That was huge. Although I am going to also say an issue that I have with the container concept. Mm -hmm. I see on an angle, I'm incapable of judging distance (laughs) and my Spatial relations skills are pretty much non-existent. And one of the things that I'm definitely discovering is that I have containers that are way bigger than what I need, but I'm also physically incapable of driving. So I tend to consider containers precious, but the container concept and no, if you have too much, it doesn't mean go get 10 new containers. Right. Huge. Yeah, absolutely huge. The take it there now, that was so important because so much of my stuff was moving up and downstairs and I'm an overweight 45 year old woman. I actually added a decluttering question. Is it worth doing stairs for this? (laughs) Uh, You know, I hear that all the time and it's the same for me. It's like, take it there now. Yeah, it's not worth taking it there now. I'd rather just stick it in the donate box. Like, and that is such a valid, I mean, that's so valid because you are reducing the hassle factor in your house. (laughs) And now the take it there now is so critically important in my life. And I don't do it timed. I don't set a five minute timer anymore. I used to, Mm -hmm. but now I just kind of take that as a concept And I try to reset my house at night. And if it doesn't happen at night, I try to do it in the morning. That's good. And, you know, I don't know if it takes five minutes or 20 minutes, but it's just a regular habit now. Did you start with the five minutes? I didn't start with the five minutes. One of the first things that I did is you were talking so much about dishes my dishes weren't bad. Mm -hmm. My dining room table, on the other hand, Mm -hmm. that had dishes math. The first time I cleared my dining room table, it took an hour. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, I mean, I say, wow, but I'm also like, yeah, me too. (laughs) I mean, like that's, that's normal. And I love what you're doing there because that's the thing is I'm always like, if you already have dishes under control, great keep doing what you're doing, but it really is, it comes down to what drives you crazy. Solve that problem today, solve it again tomorrow, solve it again the next day until you come up with a strategy that works for you, a habit that works for you in your home. And as far as like doing the pickup, I think that is, I I love that. It's like, whatever you adjust, do it for yourself. Um, The reason I do five minutes is just because for me personally, I had to come up with I don't want to do this at all. Like that was my, (laughs) that was me. I was like, I don't want to do this. It all seems so overwhelming. There's so much for me to do before I could ever catch up that five minutes is the least amount of time that I could justify, but also 
make me feel like, okay, I'm not making this huge commitment. Like it was, it was kind of like this very small, small commitment level, but you took that and you adjusted it to your house. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Projects. So many projects. Taking care of all the things gets overwhelming. So when I get that feeling of overwhelm, I know I need to take steps to make my mental well being a priority. Having someone to talk to, like a better help therapist, can really help. This time of year is always busy, but with my youngest child graduating from high school, we have lots of extra projects that need my attention. I know from experience that these are the times when it feels extra helpful and essential to talk through my emotions with my therapist. BetterHelp makes it easy to connect with a licensed therapist. The online platform simplifies the process. It's accessible and affordable. After answering a short questionnaire, you can choose whether you prefer to meet via phone call, video, or live chat, and you can plan your sessions at your convenience to suit your schedule. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash clean today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash clean. Y'all know I am all about identifying what things you can do to make overwhelming tasks possible. Buying a home or selling a home can be completely overwhelming. Finding just the right realtor can make the whole process so much easier. That's why I want to tell you about Redfin. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents. With a listing fee as low as 1%, Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. I know firsthand what a difference having the right real estate agent can make. We would have been lost without ours when we bought our current home and sold our old home a couple of years ago. Download the Redfin app to get started. So let's talk about some of your challenges that you want to discuss in our time today. Definitely the, the mental battle, because I'm on board with you. I've done sh- stuff shifting most mm-hmm. of my life. I'm like you in that my bedroom growing up was messy. My locker was messy. All of my spaces were always messy. So I understand how bad stuff shifting 
can actually (laughs) be. Yes. But with where I'm at right now, I haven't figured out how to avoid it. Okay. Give me an example of a situation where you feel like it's unavoidable. I had an empty shelf in my downstairs hallway bathroom, which is your typical half bathroom. So it doesn't have to cover shower for massive humidity issues. Okay. I had space right there. I call them Costco dressers, but you know, Ikea and everywhere else has them with the eight slots and the drawer splash cubby or whatever that slides into them. Mm-hmm. I desperately wanted one more. And then it turned out to be two more to reduce the visual clutter of my craft supplies. And I took the contents of two of the drawers and I moved them into the bathroom because in my own head, I could actually take the drawer of batteries and dog stuff. Yeah, it combines my head and get that where there was clear space and where I would know exactly where it was and it would be accessible. And then my drawer of soap making and bath product stuff, again, in my head, it worked in the bathroom. But I also had all of the guilt from knowing that I've done a lifetime of this and that it's never ended up in a good spot. Okay. But then let's, I- instead of focusing on the stuff shifting aspect of this, let's talk about two different things. First of all, you are not living in an ideal situation because you are living in a temporary make the best of it situation, correct? Because you've got your mother-in-law who's moved in permanently, but you have your nephew that in your notes you said is most likely going to be leaving at some point. We're not exactly sure when, but this is a temporary solution for him to be living there. So that means it's a temporary thing for you to not have your craft room. Is that correct? It is, but because we also want to move somewhere between this coming fall and next spring, I also don't think that I'm going to be carting all my craft supplies back upstairs. Okay. Um, So, okay. So let's, let's talk about your craft supplies then. So a couple of things here, when you moved those things into the bathroom, is that the first place where you would look for it? Or did they kind of go into the bathroom because that felt convenient and now you have to like go through mental gymnastics to remind yourself of where they are? I know exactly where they are now. Okay. It's just, okay, if the dogs need their nails clipped, that's in the bathroom, easy access and okay. the, the soap making, but that didn't come until after the decision was made. Yeah. I'm- otherwise... You know, they've lived in those two spaces for like seven years. In which two spaces? In the bathroom? Where I had them. Oh. No, in the living room and dining room where I had them. So, you know, I just kind of made my mind say, this is where they're at now. You know this. This is what's going to work. Okay. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I don't have a problem with those being in the bathroom. And as long as you know where they are, this is not ideal, you know, because you have this kind of temporary situation where technically these things would have been in the craft room. They can't be in the craft room craft room because you have someone there. You also don't want to move everything back up there when you know you're going to be moving. So it kind of is like, this isn't ideal, but as long as you would look for them there that, I mean, my mother-in-law kept her 
checks like her old whatever. I don't even know that they do this anymore cuz you know, a lot of <laughs> But yeah, those little those checkbook things, you know, that had all your carbons in them. You know, she kept those under the sink in her guest bathroom. You know, it drove I won't name names, but some people who tried to help um a little bananas cuz they're like why would these be in here? And I'm like, well they're in here because this is where she knows that they are. So fine. You know, I mean, like if your house is under control, you're able to function, you're able to live the place where you would look for it first, you know, and in this situation, you had to kind of be creative to find that. But what I will say is, have you decluttered those spaces first? Like, like the, you said you had the, the thing with the, you know, places to put things and stuff. Have you gone through that without first thinking of where am I going to put all this stuff and instead say, okay, what can I get rid of in this space? Like what in here is stuff that I just literally would never, you know, get rid of your dust stuff, your trash, your, um, you know, things that you wouldn't ever go looking for. You wouldn't know that you had it. I did that in order to make space downstairs for everything coming out of the craft room. Okay. And now I find that just kind of organically when I grab something, oh, don't like that. Let's get rid of that. Yes. Yeah. That's that lifestyle of decluttering that you start to experience after you have gotten rid of stuff and you start to go, wait a minute, this is just going to be a hassle in the future. So I don't even need it. That's good. Have you purposefully gone through that, that storage space that you have for your craft stuff to see if there's more that you can eliminate? Cause one of the problems with crafts is that by nature of it being crafting, everything is useful. So here's the thing. If you want to keep it in your bathroom and if you're going to look for it there and you're going to know where things are, keep it in your bathroom. I don't care. You know, like it's your house, you decide, but if it kind of drives you crazy that that's in the bathroom then to say, okay, I have this storage space that fits in my house. And my reality is that I'm not going to want to move these things back up to the craft room. So this is where it's going to live until we move. Then embracing the container concept for that space and say, even though everything in here is stuff that I could use, I can't keep it all. And so I'm going to get rid of my least favorites until it only fits in this space. If it drives you crazy that that's in the bathroom. Do you you see what I'm saying? I do. I think what drives me crazy about the bathroom is that I stuff shift it. And I'm so afraid of falling into an old bad habit. Mm -hmm. And yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's so scary. Yes. That. You know, it's like you're at the top of the hill and then is everything else going to slide? And my husband actually asked me, are you just self-sabotaging? And he told me, I just got nine garbage bags of stuff to donate. Are you really worried about that? And I have done so much of what you're talking about. Now, I am a very, very active card maker. Mm -hmm. I make and get out of my house, 800 to a thousand cards a year. Wow. That's amazing. I do cards for my church, my mom's church for the holidays, the, for the sisters of my church. I do the birthday cards. 
And I send out regular cards to friends and family. And by regular, I mean like four to six a week. Mm -hmm. So I do very actively use my stuff, but I have a problem and I'm afraid that this problem is just who I am. I like to do big projects. For example, I like to donate about 300 cards a year to the USO Mm -hmm. at Thanksgiving time for Christmas. And when I do Easter cards, for example, I do a hundred of them and just over a hundred. That way I've got 60 for my church, 35 for mom's church, which then gets set aside because I like to go to Florida twice a year. And I blame it on the fact that I grew up outside of Detroit and I do things assembly line. Well, okay. Here, here's my question for you. My guess is that your card making stuff is very organized. Is that correct? Um, as far as like assembly line and you know, where things are, you have things, I mean, do you have it organized? Not the way that I want it. I now have drawers full of containers of parts and pieces. Okay. And what do you mean containers of parts and pieces? Boxes that are labeled things like Christmas trees and are all die cut Christmas trees. And boxes like this, this one is organized and this is Valentine's cards to give to mom. And when I say this, gosh, that's what, like an eight by six box. I know that one of my issues is that I've got containers that are way too big for the tiny pieces of paper in them. It was actually yesterday that I looked at a couple of Altoids containers that needed to be tossed out from my husband's vehicle. And I looked at it and I'm like, I wonder, I took things out of a big box and got them into an Altoid container. That's excellent. I mean, that's exactly, because uh, here's the thing you just said, you you are holding onto containers because you don't drive. And so you don't feel in control of being able to get the perfect container. Is that right? And I have no idea what the perfect container is. Right. But what you did is exactly what you should do, which is because there are containers all over your house, like the Altoids container, like the for me, it was I needed to do something for my, you know, my book shoot, because this is basically one of my I probably shouldn't say it because then it's not a new tip and I have to have new tips in there. But anyway, let's say that somebody was going to take a picture of, you know, that kind of stuff. I went through basically packaging of stuff that had come into my house recently and I was able to find everything I needed. I cut off a few of the lids and things, you know, the little flap that came over and I ended up with basically exactly what I needed to get a drawer organized. You know, I mean like that. So what you're doing with the Altoids thing, yes, be thinking of that as you go, but also start, I I don't want to say do math because math is a thing that can help us procrastinate, but take, you said you have issues with the, with spatial awareness and stuff you know, say, okay, this is the space I want to devote to my craft stuff, whether it's this, you know, whatever it is with the bins and things like that. Okay. This is the space. And 
start decluttering, you know, down to what really fits in that space. And then maybe it's Altoid containers. You know, this is, this is the thing for the smaller things. And I'm not a, I'm not a stamper, you know, cause you, you're talking about stamps, right? Stamps and dyes and paints and gel printing. Yeah. Right. So that's not my thing. So I probably don't have exact precise understanding of what we're talking about, but I do know that the container concept, the best way to get over the spatial awareness issue is to accept the boundaries of the container. Like just instead of trying to pre-figure it out, instead saying, okay, this is what's going to be the thing that I put my stamps in. Okay. And so this, this container is that, and then within that, I want to have my Christmas trees and my Easter eggs and my, this and my, that, my other divided out. So within that container might be other smaller containers, whether that's Altoids containers or it's, you know, whatever, then the, that those smaller containers that hold these different categories of stamps have to all fit into this one, you know, so it's, it's that breaking it down and just letting the container make those decisions for you, because it feels like you're trying to figure it out how it's going to work. And in reality, I'm the same way. Like I can't judge like how much is going to fit in something like it doesn't even, you know, so for me, I'm just like, okay, well, I'm going to put my favorite ones in first. And then that's going to help me know when I get to, oh, wow, that sometimes it fits a lot more than I thought it was going to fit. Sometimes it fits way less than I thought. But at the same time, the container is the container. And if I run out of space for stamps and I still have stamps, I legitimately use because this is a craft that you really do do. Okay. You, you actually, this is something you do consistently. And, oh, I don't have enough space in this container for that. Okay, then what other container can I clean out? And, I mean, do you have any spaces like a a tub or something that holds maybe stuff for a craft that you don't do as often as you do the stamping? Not anymore because that happened over the summer. This kind of ties into another issue that I'm currently having. Okay. Over the summer, I got rid of the big stuff. It was, oh yeah, I don't see myself going back to that. Get rid of that and everything to go along with it. Now, I have literally gone through my paper pads and that's not what I hoard. And picked out, this is ugly, this is ugly. And only kept the sheets of paper that I like in the paper pads. And it is so tedious. And I used to be able to congratulate myself. Look, I cleaned like six feet of space out today. And now I'm looking and it's like, I cleaned out 40 pieces of paper today. And I already did the housework paper. That was one of the early things that I did. I don't feel that, yay me, I cleaned out half an inch of space today. Okay. So what, what was your purpose in cleaning out the half an inch of space? Just trying to make a little bit more room to be able to combine two containers into one and have more space. So are you trying to clear out the stuff that you don't like as much before you combine? Yes. And make room to combine so that stuff that's like on top of shelves 
that it's messy up there and I didn't like it. Let's be able to get it into a drawer, into the container, but I need space to do that. Yeah. Okay. So instead of, if, if you're wanting to move stuff from the top of a, a shelf, like let's say here's the drawer underneath and then there's a, a flat surface and you're wanting to move stuff off of the flat surface into the space, into the drawer, try just ma- doing one item by one item. Okay. So like, here's something I want off of this flat surface. I want to put it in this drawer. What's something that I can remove from this drawer to make room for this one item instead of saying, let me make difficult decisions to clear space in this drawer first. Um, I mean, you know, if that works, that works, that's great. But if it's not working for you, if you're not feeling that say, okay, instead I want to put this in the drawer, what can I take out of the drawer to make room for this? And it will trigger one of two things. It'll either be like, yeah, I don't want to get rid of anything in the drawer. So then this thing needs to go. And it can just go in the donate box or it will help you see two things together and which one is more container worthy, which one is more drawer worthy. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes perfect sense. Because I think, I think it's that you're tired of making space and sometimes the making space feels like getting ready as opposed to getting ready to make progress as opposed to actually making progress. And the more you can get something off of that flat surface out of the visible cluttered area, then you're going to be making that visible progress in your home. And that is going to help renew that decluttering energy that right now is just being drained away because you're like, I'm so tired of getting rid of stuff. But instead you're just choosing between two things or maybe choosing between this one thing that needs to go in there and the five things I would need to get rid of to make space for it or whatever, you know, space for space is always the goal. Oh, that makes so much sense. I like the difference in the mindset there. Thank you. Well, good. (laughs) Sometimes I don't know if I make sense or not. Who knows? (laughs) Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay. Now that we solved that problem, what's your next one that we want to talk about? (laughs) You know, I think in general, how do you keep yourself motivated? And I really like what you just said, you know, about the one thing to one thing, but because I don't drive, I had a donate closet that everything was stuffed into the donate closet until it couldn't be stuffed anymore. And then my husband would take it up. And I know that that's not ideal, 
but it's what I could make work. You do what you got to do. And I've gone from filling up the donate closet very regularly to, okay, it took me like two months to fill it up this time to now I honestly have decluttered so much of my house that when I set out to do a decluttering project, I'm getting maybe a third of a grocery bag. And it's not because I'm trying to hold on to everything. Well, maybe it is because at this point, I've made so many of the get rid of it decisions that it feels like it's just all minutia now. Okay. Here, here's, and maybe I'm guessing incorrectly here, but it feels like decluttering has benefited you. And so, because maybe your house doesn't feel perfect yet, you feel like, okay, decluttering is the answer because it is, I mean, we, we know that everybody who listens to this podcast knows decluttering is the answer, but has decluttering turned into kind of your obsession a little bit? What the reason I say that is you are telling me that your house is so much better. I think maybe, you know, and that you're getting to a point where you're like, I know I should probably keep decluttering, but I'm just not finding as much anymore. And, and so does that feel some, for some reason, like failure when instead you need to celebrate that? Like, that's a big deal. You should be so proud of yourself. And so live for a while, give yourself some time to Yes, it's a lifestyle of decluttering, but you just said that you will often identify clutter just throughout the course of your normal life, right? And you have a donate closet, so you have a space to go put things the minute that you decide that you don't need it anymore. So you basically have established a process to live a lifestyle of decluttering, live life for a while, you know, like let yourself craft without feeling guilty that you're not decluttering and by doing that, by living in this space that you have spent so much time and work decluttering, you're going to start determining, oh, okay, this is, you know, I've got the room to do this now. I've got the mental space to do this now because I'm not feeling as guilty about decluttering because you're going to let that go. And by going ahead and doing the thing that was really the reason that you were decluttering in the first place was to be able to do this thing, then it's going to naturally present to you. Oh yeah. This space over here, I'm actually not using, you know what I mean? Cause especially if you have all these crafting things and because you're so focused on decluttering, you're not doing your crafting, then by doing the crafting, it's going to naturally reveal to you because of what you've learned through the decluttering process that, okay, now that I'm actually letting myself craft. Yeah. I don't care about that kind of craft anymore. Like, you know, like I don't actually like that. So it'll living will help with that. Does that make any sense? That does. And I still, I craft almost every day. That's great. Right. I've got a trip to Florida in June and I'm over halfway done making the 140 cards that I'm bringing for my mom's church in June. And it feels like this is the wrong place to be saying this because, you know, we kind of were about rules and, you know, here's the decluttering questions and here's Mm -hmm. the rules to keep us on track. I have been very, very, very confused about have I actually reached my clutter threshold or not reached it because I'm 
I think mentally hung up on the rules. And my husband told me that I stress declutter now that I don't stress shop. I stress declutter. That's good, right? <laughs> it is. Yeah. You're mentioning, you know, now that you are craft, you know, now that you're allowing yourself to craft and I'm thinking, yeah, I, before this interview finished out the last component for the group of cards that I'm working on so that when I'm watching television, I'll be able just to glue things together. And I'm thinking in a lot of ways, you're right. I don't like some of the visual clutter that I have, but it's the stuff that I don't really want to get rid of because I use it. If not every day, then maybe just three or four times a week, but three or four times a week means that I don't want to go shove it in another room to have to card it out. Yeah. Well, and And I think you're, you're talking about the rules. You're worried about the rules. And I think I just want to remind you that the rules are there. I rarely call them rules. Like, I don't think I call them rules. Maybe I do, but that might just be me too. But, but I think there is, I think there's a disconnect there. And that's, so I, as the person who made up these strategies, literally out of thin air, like these are, <laughs> these are not like scientific or biblical principles or anything. You know I mean, like this is literally just what I came up with to help myself so that when I feel overwhelmed, I have those to go back to. Okay. Like those are things. So instead of thinking it of it as I have to do this, think of it as I have these as something to help me keep going. Even when I feel stuck, I have something to help me get started when I feel overwhelmed and can't get started. I have something that I now know these are steps to do when my space isn't working the way that I want to work instead of I'm a failure. If I don't follow these rules, follow these rules, like the rules, they're not rules. The guidelines, the strategies, the steps are there to help you not to make you feel like a failure. Do you see what I'm saying? Like they're to keep you from feeling like a failure as opposed to making you feel like a failure. That makes a lot of sense. And I think I have flipped that. And as of late, I've had quite a few stresses in my life. I'm the youngest of four siblings, and I am the only one that has not had or currently has COVID in their home. Oh, wow. And I think that I've wanted things to be perfect. And I know better, not perfect is what keeps us going. And while I, I can totally acknowledge my house is a lot better. I cleaned out two out of four bedrooms. I'm also a very, I'm a literal person who then says, well, no, my nephew has three of our bins in the closet and I know what's in those bins. I couldn't make another spot for my deceased grandmother's quilt that she made me. And my husband has like his bin of Afghans that his mom or other relatives have made him. And 
So my very literal brain says, nope, it's not completely cleaned out. There's like three bins in that closet. It is not completely cleared out. And I don't seem to be giving myself any of the credit anymore. Give yourself credit. You have made so much progress. And two things from what you just said. First of all, you're not living in an ideal situation. So you cannot expect an ideal solution. Like this is temporary, you know, your nephew living there. And I'm just going to be honest. There is no such thing as an ideal situation. Yeah. I mean, like, it's not a thing. Like I don't, maybe, maybe there are people who do come up with, you know, who finally get to some place in life where this is just it for the rest of forever. I'm not that person, you know, like, and, and so stop looking for the ideal situation and enjoy the work that you've done. The other thing I was going to say too, I feel like you are, which there is nothing wrong with this. Okay. If this is the way that you want to go, but I feel like you are tending more toward minimalism than you are toward the container concept. And if you want to be a minimalist, go for it. But the reason that I can't make minimalism my thing is because of what you're going through is the, well, but it should go, but all the, and it gets you into a lot of shoulds. Like, is there really a reason to have this? My brain can spiral with all the reasons why this should go, even though my heart is like, I can't let this go. And it paralyzes me just in the same way that as I'm decide, you know, picking something up and making the tough decision that it, you know, well, what are all the ways that I could use this? What is, what could happen in the future? Like I have to stay away because of my personality. I have to stay away from questions that can spin out into all the what ifs and the, the ways that things should be. And instead go, this is my situation right now. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to trust that it's going to be okay. And so that's the reason I don't go toward minimalism because I feel like with my brain and, and I know, and here's the thing too, I'm not an expert on minimalism. So somebody who is, is probably like, oh no, 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 that's not what we're doing at all. And that's fine. And that's great. And they're correct. I'm not because I don't study minimalism, but that's the reason I personally don't go that direction is because it lets my brain spin. And I, I, I need to stay away from that. So the concrete thing of this is the container, which you've already said has helped you a lot thinking of things as containers, letting that make those tough decisions and saying, there are three containers in my nephew's room in his closet. He is perfectly fine to live in that room right now. He's able to have what he needs he is not having to sleep on the floor because those three containers take up the space that we would use for a bed. You know I mean? Like we're, that's, it's not harming. He's also living in your house. He knows it's a temporary situation. This is not a, you know, final. I mean, if this was his room that is going to be his forever, we might be talking something different, but as it is, it's okay for those containers to be in there because the space exists and it's not keeping him from being able to have a comfortable room. If you had, the whole entire room full. And you said, okay, there's a tiny little spot there. You can put a sleeping bag and, you know, welcome to our home. Then that's a different situation. You know, if, if, if that was what you were doing, but instead it's this, okay, those things can go there and we're going to keep on living our life. 
I really love what you just said. And yeah, I think I might be totally confusing my reality with some idealistic dream of, you know, having all of my spaces clear and beating myself up that they're not clear when the reality is that when my daughter wants to go outside and sit on the swing, I like being able to point at the pump sunscreen bottle and she knows go put on sunscreen. Mm-hmm. And it's because it's sitting there and it's totally functional. I think I have jumbled things up in my brain and I actually almost cried and told my husband that it feels like I am so close, but the finish line completely disappeared and I have no way of getting there. And, you know, maybe the fact that I can see the big box of crayons, but she uses those crayons because she dictates cards. I write, write it out and put boxes for her to write in. And then she uses her crayons or colored pencils or gel pens on the top. And we do that two or three days a week. I think I've got this whole thing in my mind that it's clutter if I can see it and it doesn't look perfect, but maybe it's not clutter at all. I mean, if it's, everybody's house is different and you know, if it's driving you crazy because you literally can't relax, that's fine. But if it's driving you crazy because you think that it's supposed to be a different way, but in reality, you're fine with it there, then, you know, like it's your house and you, you do what you need to do and function the the way that you need to function. And also you said the finish line, there isn't a finish line. And remember that better is the goal and better is always the goal. We all still kind of, you know, but, but isn't there a finish line? And I'm like, well, but isn't life all about the finish line moving? You know, the minute that you think you get to some point in life where, okay, here I am. That's when everything's going to be easy. I mean, we've all, if you know, you're 45, I'm 47. You said you're 45, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm 47. I mean, like, I feel like that's basically what I've learned in life is, you know, whatever I think the finish line is when I get there, it's going to be something else. And so I might as well do the best that I can make things better and enjoy things as I'm going, because, you know, I mean, if, if nothing else, COVID times have taught us that there is no predicting anything, you know, so we might as well make the best of, of where we are right now, you know, whatever that looks like. So, okay. Do you want to, is there something else you wanted to go over? We've got a few more minutes left. You know, I think that this was exactly what I needed today. I'm so glad to hear that. I think I can actually go back and give myself a lot more credit now because yeah, I've been wanting something that honestly won't work for me. The way that you put things, I understand. And that was something that I totally and completely appreciated about finding this because I've always found that when I'm reading or listening to somebody talk about decluttering or organizing, it's coming from 
a state of mind that I can't even conceive. Thank you. I think I started out with this, you know, seeking more help in how to declutter. And I think instead I'm realizing that I need to find smaller containers because that's actually probably half the problem that I have. (laughs) And um, yay, my daughter will be happy that we get to eat more Altoids. (laughs) And, And I thank you for telling, reminding me to give myself credit. Because I am light years away from where I was when I started. And I can't keep beating myself up that, you know, I'm not getting rid of as much because getting rid of was important. But when you start buying less and you've already gotten rid of so much, you're not going to fill up your donate closet every, every week. And that's great. You know, and there will be times where, you know, life will kind of go on for a while and then you'll be like, oh, I've got all of a sudden I've got a lot of stuff either because something has changed and you've realized there is a category of things that doesn't matter to you anymore. Or, you know, you did have an influx of new things come in for whatever reason and okay, it's time to get rid of, you know, so there's always going to be more to declutter, but yeah, it's, it's something to celebrate that you've come this far. So I love that. I think I just truly want to say thank you because this has been incredibly life-changing and I could not be providing a safe home for my mother-in-law who desperately needed it without this method. So thank you. Well, I'm so glad for that. I'm so glad. So tell me what you love about being a kindred spirit. I love all of the support that I get. And I'm really hooked on before and progress pictures. It is so good to know that I am completely not alone, that I'm not the only neurotic person that (laughs) has to look at this and say, can I really throw it away? But I am grateful that because I've been on this journey for a while now, it's much, much easier And I love knowing that I am not alone, but also probably the most important thing is I'm not ashamed anymore. That's huge. There isn't anything really good in my life that's came about from self self self-loathing. And this was a part of myself that I was completely ashamed of and just loathed. And now I'm in the same boat as the rest of you and we're all making progress and yeah, here's the mess. Here's the picture and nobody berates it. We just all support. Yeah. Yeah. I love that about, about that group so much. Um, I think it's, you know, I shared my own pictures for years and I was the only one sharing it and didn't know the value of just so many people being able to share their own progress, their own struggles. And, you know, kind of take some of the pressure off of me too, to, you know, (laughs) to, um, continually, you know, show all my pictures, but, but yeah, I love that group. So, well, I love it. And thank you so much for coming on the show today. And I, I look forward to seeing some of your, you know, smaller containers. So you'll have to make sure you share in the group. 
I will definitely be sharing in the group. I just have to locate them because one of the other things that I have been doing is when boxes and things are coming in, they get out to recycled a whole lot faster than they used to. Oh, that's so ironically. Yeah. Ironically, now I'm going to reverse that and take a look and see if I should keep it. But it's always got to be smaller and getting rid of something bigger. Smaller and and use it now. Because that's the thing too. If boxes are continually coming in, you don't have to save it for what if. Just say, okay, what in here, what, what could I actually use right now? Like, oh, this is a good size. I can go ahead and do this. And that'll make a huge difference. Okay. Did you guys like that conversation with Heather? I, I, I thought we worked through a lot. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, really just congratulate yourself on doing so much work and, and really making such progress. I think sometimes it can just so, it can be easy to get caught up in the nitty gritty and it's hard to like step back and go, wow, I have, I need to be proud of myself anyway. So I hope you learned something from that or you got something from it. So just want to remind you on Tuesday, that's when I'm going to do the live webinar on my book publishing journey, blah, 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 whatever y'all know. I already talked about it forever at the beginning. Okay. So go to a slobcomesclean.com slash right, W-R-I-T-E to find out more about that. Okay. I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.